Hello, fellow travelers. Thank you once again for joining me on the Unbroken Ground. My name is Paul, uh, and I am excited that you're here for another episode. Um, if you've been with us for this entire journey, welcome back again. If this is your first episode, I'm so excited for you to be here as well. Um, yeah, so lots of exciting things coming this week. Uh, it is Easter week, so that's exciting in of itself. But um Tomorrow I'll be recording another episode with Jim, so sometime coming up this week there'll be a Jim Flex um, for the month of March. Um, and yeah, we made it uh, through January, February, and March, and starting a new month uh, of April, uh, which is just super exciting. Uh, along with that, I've been blogging now uh, for Patheos since March 1st, and uh, a lot of what I'm going to talk about uh, in this podcast is kind of a distillation of some of the things I've been been writing about in Pathos. So if, if you have a chance to jump over to pathos.com, look at the evangelical channel, um, or just search for unbroken ground and you can find my articles. Um, I want, I wrote one in response, um, a little bit to, uh, this past week's tragedy in Nashville, um, with the school shooting. I'm um, just talking about the about evil and what we can do about it um, and what God has to say about it. And then I wrote one just yesterday, uh, that would be Saturday, uh, about um, what you can do to, to be a, a kingdom bearer, bringing bring the kingdom into um, your life and the life of those around you. So you can check those out as well. Um, that'll, it'll, it'll flow well with what I'm going to talk about today. Um, today I'm just going to talk about fruit. Uh, and why Jesus says it's so important. So thank you for joining me. Again, if you have any other um, questions or feedback, you can always find us uh, on the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash The Unbroken Ground. You can find us uh, on Instagram at The Unbroken Ground. Um, and also you can always email at um, theunbrokenground at gmail.com uh, with any questions or suggestions that you have. So welcome. Uh, glad you're here. And let's get started. Matthew chapter 7, verses 16 through 20 says this, By the fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by the fruit, you will recognize them. So, I think, just to start off, um, just to clear things up at the beginning, um, as I said, I've been writing over in Pathios um, a couple of blogs, and a lot of the thrust of the blog is just um, what what it means to live for Christ and, and what it means to uh, live a kingdom life. And I think the first step, as always, is to stop and just answer the first, I, usually what's the first objection uh, when talking about following Jesus. And that is the idea that somehow um, what we do is how we earn our salvation. Um, I think it's, it's um, good to be cautious of that because I don't ever want to think that what I'm saying or what people hear is that, that salvation is dependent upon what we do. 
But, um, and so I, I do want to make that clear that salvation is only through grace alone. But I have heard it said before, and I really like this, and I think it, it carries out what James says, is that um, I, the things that I do are not to be saved, but the things I do are because I am saved. Um, and I think that it's super important for us to realize that. If you look at the Gospels, and you look at the things that Jesus talks about, I think you find that that he talks a lot more about how to live your life um, than he does about what it means to go to heaven. Um, he talks about the, the kingdom of God being here on this earth much more than he talks about what happens when after you die. Um, and, and in some ways, we've kind of reversed that. We've made it the most important thing that we, that we need to tell people, especially in my, my background, especially growing up um, in the South, in the, ba- as a, in the Baptist tradition, um, we very much talk, we very much like to talk about what happens after you die. Um, and we, we don't always talk, um, well, it's, it's weird. We talk about, uh, like I grew up almost in a legalistic sense of things of that. Here are the rules that you follow. Um, and, um, they wasn't really like here. Here's how to to walk in the kingdom spirit. How here's how to walk with walk by the spirit to live your kingdom life to enter to basically uh, invite the kingdom in. Um, it was like here's the rules you follow. Here's what a moral person does. Here's what a what a Christian looks like. And so just do these things. Um, and so I think it's just so important uh, for us to to really focus in on what it is that Jesus is talking about when he talks about the things that we should do in our lives. Like, how should we live? How then, how then should we live? Because we have salvation. And I think that's the, the starting point. Um, because you can follow enough rules. You can follow enough rules to look like a good person. You can even follow enough rules to look like a good Christian. Um, you, can, you can do all the right things. You can say all the right things. You can... Um, dislike the right people, you can be for the right political party, all those things that people go, oh, well, then he must really love God, or she must really love God, and, and you can do all of that without having Jesus at all, because you because they're man-made rules in a lot of ways. Um, so so you can you can pride yourself on on keeping all the rules. And even people in Jesus's day did. That's that's what the Pharisees were so prideful about is they kept all the rules and and Jesus described them as whitewashed tombs. Um, he was like, "Hey, you're you're painting the outside very pretty with this you're you're painting it white. It looks pristine, but you're dead on the inside." And so I think we have to be careful um, that we that we don't portray the Christian walk as simply as an acceptance, as a prayer one time, as a baptism, and then you're good until you die. Um, I can't say that that if you accept Jesus Christ and you get baptized and then your life just kind of doesn't reflect. Um, I, I can't say without, with all certainty that, that you don't have salvation because I can't know your heart. But I think all of us from time to time should check in with our, with our hearts to say, okay, what, what is my, what's the condition of my heart? And, and then I think that we, we have to check in to say, what fruit am I producing? Because that's, that's, Jesus talks about it a whole lot. He uses, uses this image of uh, a tree or a plant and, and that produces fruit to describe his followers. And I think that um, we should be self-reflective of that. And, and I also want to just head off another like, kind of complaint that, or, or another line of uh, 
of objection that that oftentimes you'll hear, and that's when you say, "Oh, well, you can't judge anybody. You can't judge people because in the Bible it says don't judge." But I, but a lot of times people go to this this story and and the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is talking about a very specific type of judgment, and that's that's the judgment of the hypocrite because what he's talking about, he says, "Don't judge, don't judge somebody for the speck they have in their eye." Um, when you have a plank coming out of your out of your own, and and he's talking specifically about um, someone who is who has no grace for anybody else um, on the smallest things, and is expecting grace for his his bigger things, for the more blatant things. And he says, don't be those type of people because if you if you don't have grace, if you don't have grace for the smaller things. Um, and you have no love for people and you and you judge people for the smaller the small speck um, when you've got this blatant um, plank coming out of your eye you're a hypocrite don't do that um, it also along those lines I think it's also important to remember that we're not to we're not to um, offer judgment on people who are lost uh, lost people are going to do lost things they, they don't know Jesus and so it's no surprise that they don't live in the way that he would want them to live. Um, I mean, and when I say no judgment, what I mean is you can't condemn them for not knowing what to do with their life when they when nobody's told them or when they haven't had that um, intersection with Jesus. That Jesus isn't in their heart. They don't. What motivation do they have to live for Jesus if if they don't even know Jesus? And so I think those are two things that we have to clear out of the way before we start talking about the fruit. And that is the fact that. Um, Salvation is not based on our actions. Um, it is based in grace alone, and it comes from Jesus. It's a gift from God, and it's something we receive. And But because we receive that, then it means we, we have a calling, uh, and we've got to figure that out. And secondly, um, it's okay to think about um, what we do with our lives and what other Christians are doing with their lives. Um, we are we are called to hold one another accountable, um, but not in but but not in the hypocritical judgmental way where we look at other people's sin and we go, oh, that's unforgivable, but we expect full forgiveness for our own. But rather in this idea of how do we evaluate someone's heart, and and the only answer we have, the only way we have, because we're not God, because we can't see the heart, is in the fruit that they're producing. It's in the fruit that they're producing. And um, Jesus makes it clear that that if you're going to be his follower, then what you'll see is good fruit. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, then you're going to produce good fruit. That's just what you do. Um, so, so, and I think that Paul makes it even f- more clear uh, as he comes about this from in Galatians, where he talks about what it is to walk by the Spirit. And I, that's what I would call like living the kingdom life, living in the kingdom now. Um, because I think we have to understand that Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is here, it is now. And yet Paul makes it clear that it is now, but it's also not yet. Like the fullness of the kingdom of God hasn't landed on the earth yet. Um, it's not here yet. And so we're living in the, the in-betweens. We're living in between the time when Jesus has gone back up into heaven to the time that he comes. And so the kingdom of God is not fully established, but we are called as followers of Jesus Christ to be kingdom bearers. And we're called to, to, bring, to, to, to bring the kingdom with us. 
And this is where I think that um, I just get so excited about the idea of creativity because God has given everybody these unique gifts and these unique ways, these unique minds, these unique talents, these unique skills, um, the, the desires that and to, to be able to bring kingdom life wherever they might go. And Paul describes it this way. He says it's, it's, the, fruit of the, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Um, if you walk with Jesus then your life will be walking like the fruit of the Spirit. Your fruit that you produce will be the fruit of the Spirit. And so when Jesus says, if you are a good tree, you produce good fruit, Paul clarifies for us what that means. It means that your life is going to have the, the, that which is can, that which comprises the fruit of the Spirit. And so it means that your life is going to be full of, of love and joy and peace and kindness and self-control and so on and so on. And it's going to to diminish the other things that the fruit of the, the the walking when you walk in the flesh it's going to diminish those things and i think it's important to know that that's it's not it's not that um paul or jesus is saying that we won't mess up I, paul makes it very clear that he he does think that we'll mess up he makes it very clear that we rely on the, the grace of jesus he makes it very clear that that we need that grace because we 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 mess up again and again but we have a goal. We have a we have a life. We have a we have a um, future, and we have a picture of what that is. We have a we have a description of what that is, and so it's it's our job as followers of Christ to figure out to figure out how to live in such a way that we produce that fruit. Um, you know. We have such a hard time um, calling people to this because um, there's just no, hey, everybody just do this and it'll work. Um, it's unique for everybody. It's unique and it's, it's, um, it's special and it's what the way that I do things, the way that I think, the way that my heart feels, the way that my, my brain works is not the ways that yours works. But God is like, no, I, that's okay. We're all a little different. And, and so I can't tell you exactly, well, step one, do this, step two, do this, or step three, do this to produce the fruit, to produce, the, to bring the, to be a, a kingdom creator, to bring your creativity so that the, that you drag with you, not just the fruit of the spirit coming out and showing that, but the whole creativity of saying that, that we, with the creative God, we are, we are, the kingdom of God is breaking in through the sacrifice of Jesus. And that sacrifice comes through us so that we carry the kingdom with us wherever we go. And we are the creators. Uh, we are the carriers. We're the bearers. And, and where we we stake the down for the kingdom, that's where the kingdom grows. God grows with us there. And and I think that part of the issue or part of the problem is that we is that we struggle with this is because you can't do it on your own. It, it's by the spirit. So it's it's by a power that you can't control. Because God is God and God is the Spirit, and they're one and the same. You can't control God. You can't control the Holy Spirit. You can't control Jesus. But we are to be controlled by it, but we don't necessarily know what that looks like. And, and I think, for me, and the analogy that I think of um, that helps explain it a little bit, and analogies always break down. I, I, I don't know that we've all, if I've talked about that enough, um, but analogies always break down. Um, and, and so... Um, but here's what here's what I think. I think that if you think about it this way, 
This is how I think about it. Maybe it'll help you too. If, if you pick up a vacuum cleaner and you roll it around your carpet, um, you're going through the motions, but there's no power. You haven't turned it on. Then it's not very effective. And likewise, if you turn on your vacuum cleaner, but you leave it in the corner, and so there's power, there's, it's coming, it's, uh, there's, there's things happening, um, it's not very effective. And it's, so it's when the two things come together. And this is why I think that it's so important to realize that Jesus talks in the Gospels and Paul talks about in his, his letters, it's so important what we do with our lives. It's so important with what we do because what happens when, when we go and live in expectancy, and, and as we try with all that we have, as we try to yield ourselves, that's a weird, as we, as we say, all right, God, I'm going to, I want to see more love, joy, peace, uh, patience in my life, and I'm going to live as though that's true, but I need your power. And so we're going we're gonna to push the, the vacuum cleaner around, but we know that without his power, it's, it's not going to do anything. But when, when we yield ourselves, when we seek that, when we, when we rest in that, when we live in such a way that we are bringing about the kingdom life in our hearts and then into the hearts of our families and then into our workplaces, into our communities, into the world, then God sends his power down through that. And so, so we have to go. I think, you know, that's what he says in, in the Great Commission, go and do. You have a calling, we all have the same calling. You may not be called to be a pastor. You may not be called to be a missionary. But wherever you're at, you have a calling that says that if you know who Jesus is, then you have things to do. There's no sitting on the bench with Jesus. There is no retirement with Jesus. If you're breathing, then you have things to do. You have fruit to produce. And I think that it's very, very important that we realize that that fruit comes has to come from a genuine connection to the source of power the holy spirit god that relationship with jesus because if we don't then we're just producing artificial fruit if we don't we're just we're just we're making fake fruit and god sometimes uses fake fruit because that's who God is, and he's bigger than, than anything we can imagine, and he's able to do things that are more than my imagination, and he's able to do things that are, that are greater than I could ever imagine. But, he, but let us not be the type of people who try to manufacture artificial fruit. I mean, we know the difference. We know the difference. The saying, you got to fake it till you make it. Uh, no, you gotta, you gotta come in truth and honesty. Come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you. Holy Spirit, come, come live in me. Come, come help me produce the fruit, the good fruit that you want to see me produce. And do the work. Because, because here's the deal. How are we going to know how to be like Jesus unless we know Jesus? And how are we going to know Jesus unless we actually spend time with him? And, and how, how are we going to spend time with him if he's not the most important thing in our lives? If, if, if knowing him it has no priority, we have no desire, if we do it out of obligation, if we do it out of because, well, I don't want to end up in hell, that's not what Jesus is looking for. And, and it's not helpful for us because it's not the type of relationship that, that 
that changes us. But when we are like, I need you, Jesus, and I want to be like you, and Jesus like, well, come spend time with me. So, so step one is you've got to carve time. You've got to set time aside to learn who Jesus is. You've got to read the Gospels. You've got to read the New Testament. You've got to read the Old Testament. But you've got to learn who Jesus is, how he thinks, how he does things, how the Holy Spirit works, so that you can know then, then when, when you have, when you see things in your life that need to change, or when you see things that you're like, I need to do more of that, you can see that because you see it in what Jesus does. We are called to be Jesus' disciples. disciples. We're called to be his disciples, his followers. We're called to pick up our cross and walk after him. We're, we're not called just to, to believe. And I think that that is where uh, the Western world fails us a little bit. Because we, we, think in, we think about belief as being the most ultimate thing. I believe that Jesus Christ is the truth. And so what, what that means to me, or I think that's what the Western mind says, is that I assent to it in my brain. I hold it as truth. But there's this weird part of us, there's this weird dichotomy that allows us to say, ah, yes, I assent to that in my brain, but it doesn't actually reflect anything in my life. And I think that's what the world just just simply can't understand. That's why the world finds us fake and false. Because we say, we proclaim, I believe in an all-loving God who, who's, and this Jesus who died for us, who came, who lived, and he died for our sins. So we might live and we might tell other people about him. We might show and so that our lives would reflect his kingdom life. And yet they look at our life and they say, your life is no different than mine. Other than the fact that you say you believe. And Jesus says, if you are a good tree, you'll produce good fruit. You'll produce good fruit. And that, that can only be done in conjunction with working with Jesus in your heart, in your life. You got to know him. You can't just believe about him. Even, even, and James, this is what James says. James in the book of the, in the book of the Bible, James, this is what it says. It says, even the demons knew that Jesus Christ was the son of God and they trembled, but it didn't change them. It didn't change them. They were still demons. They were afraid and rightfully so, but it didn't change them. And so James says this and, and, so he says, faith without works is dead. You have all the faith in the world, but if it doesn't change who you are or what you do or how you live your life, then it's, it's dead. It's useless. And, and much the same way, works without faith is as well. And so again, salvation only comes through that faith. But that faith, if it's real, if it's true, if, if, it's, if it's working your heart, it's going to change you and it's going to change the way that you live. And if you, if you turn, if you somehow distance yourself from that, if you say, well, yeah, sure, I, I'm, I'm a believer, and so I know what happens when I die, but what difference does that make between now and then when I die? And that's not, that's not faith. It, it's, it's, it's not the faith that Jesus or Paul would understand or see or James would see. Because for them, 
Faith was not just assenting to, to facts that you feel like are true or theories you feel like are true or beliefs you feel like are true, but they were core beliefs that changed the way that you live. And so, so we have to know, we have to get to know who Jesus is. And so wherever you are, whatever level you're at, however comfortable you are with Jesus, Jesus is calling you deeper. He wants you to be more like him. He wants you to follow him. He wants you to be his kingdom bearer, and he wants you to bring the kingdom of God wherever you are. So that's step one. Step two is we have to, we have to understand how God wants us to live. So we want to be like Jesus. What does that mean for our life? Like, like we we can't just we can't just go out and say, okay, I finally got all the right rules to follow. Although if that's the if that's the least that you do and you follow all the Ten Commandments, you're you're already kind of on the right path. I mean, that's what what Jesus says to the rich young fool, right? When when the guy comes and he says, "Oh, Jesus, how do I how do I have eternal life? How do I inherit the kingdom of heaven?" And Jesus says, "We'll, we'll do the you know do the Ten Commandments." And and the rich young fool says, "Oh, I've done that. Done. Good. What do I do next? Checkbox, right?" And Jesus says, "Okay." Um, go go give away everything that you own. Go give away your riches. And the man was very sad, and he walked away because he was willing to follow a set of rules, but he was not willing to surrender his whole life. He wanted Jesus and his riches. And Jesus says, you can have me and just me, or you can't have me at all. We've got to figure out what it means to follow Jesus and what, it, what that looks like with our lives and how that makes a difference in the way that we interact with our coworkers, with our family members, with our friends, with our classmates, wherever we might be. We've got to constantly be aware of what it is and how it is that Jesus wants us to be because we want to be producing good fruit. We don't want to be bad trees. We don't want to be artificial. And so we know we got to get to know Jesus. Step one, step two is we've got to, we've got to put into practice the things that Jesus is teaching us. If, if you, this is, this is what talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but if you pray to God for wisdom, if you pray and say, God, I want to be more like Jesus. Can you show me in my life how to do that? You know what? God answers that. God will show you. It may not be easy, in fact, it might be quite hard. But sometimes that's the best way for it to be because that means that we rely, we rely and we lean and we, we rest in His strength. We rest in His strength on, 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 getting, on being able to do the things that He calls us to do. So there's, there's the challenge. Get to know Jesus and then live your life in such a way that Jesus would be, would be calling you to. Because that's how you introduce, that's how you bring the, that's how you, that's how you create the kingdom of God around you. If the kingdom of God is here, it's within you and we can bring it out. So if you want to change the world, that was my latest, that's, that's what I talked about in the latest blog post, but I think it's very important here is that 
that we get so wrapped up in how we want to change the world. And what we want to do is, and especially in America, is that we want to we want to make the right laws. We want to have the right political parties. We want to have the right com- political convictions. We want to we want to make sure that people do agree with us or understand why they're wrong. Um, we want to have intellectual thoughts, our, our arguments, wars, battles. Um, and if you don't agree with me, it's because you're you're lost, you're dark, you're foolish, you're dumb. But let's just be honest. None of that changes people. When we make laws, people rebel against it. When, when government tries to, to crack down and force people to be one way, people rebel and go another way. And so change that, that is authoritarian from the top down doesn't, isn't very effective. I've, I've talked about this before, but I think it bears repeating. If Jesus wanted to set up a government... He could have. He, he very much, they, the people wanted to make him king. He could have been king. He could have been an authority that ruled. And yet, that's not who he was. As we think about Jesus, one of the most stunning things that I think that we sometimes don't even reflect on, but here we are, we're on the path, we're, 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 we're in Holy Week. If you listen to this when it comes out, but here we are. Jesus, on the night before his death, sits down with a meal with his with his friends, and this is what he says he does. He gets down and begins to wash the disciples' feet. He he takes the the towel and he takes their their dirty, nasty feet and he cleans them. And he says. You guys should do this too, because you can't be greater than your master. You can't be greater than your teacher. Jesus understands that change comes from the feet, the people who wash people's feet, the people who sacrifice, who give up to show love, who give up status and authority to get down and truly care for someone. And that change comes from the bottom and it goes all the way to the top. If you want to change your world, let Jesus change your heart. And when you cha- when Jesus works on your heart, let him work on your family through that change. And when he, when he works on your family, let him work at your let him let him bring him to your place of work and let him let him go to work there too. Let him let him change people's hearts around you because he's changing yours. And when those people get their hearts changed, let's go to the community. And when that community changes, then let's go to the world. Because that's how real change happens. It happens in our hearts. If our hearts aren't changed, then the change doesn't work. It doesn't stick. It doesn't happen. Because the next... Because the next authority will come along and, 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 and the next re- rebellion will happen and, and hearts will be swayed. Unless, truthfully, our hearts are in the kingdom of God and we forsake all other kingdoms. What is it that God's calling you to? What do you need to give up? What do you need to... What do you, where do you need God to come in and just break down the strongholds in your heart and your life so that you can see him? Maybe it's, maybe it's just you need, to, you need to take time 
this week, this month, to, to figure out who Jesus is. Maybe you've heard other people talk about him. Maybe you've, re- you've read blogs, you've listened to um, podcasts. Don't, I'm not saying don't do that. But maybe you don't need to. Maybe you just need to, to get into the Bible. Maybe you need to find a friend and say, hey, you seem to have a good grasp on who Jesus is. Can we, can we study this together? Maybe you need to find, maybe, maybe you talk to your pastor. Maybe you find a small group. But, but figure out a way to get closer to know who Jesus is and what Jesus did. And then be bold, be brave to ask God to say, okay, God, how do I do that in my life? I'm, I'm going to be the vacuum cleaner. I'm going to roll around, but God, I need your power. And I know that unless we, your power comes, through, comes here and comes through me, nothing will happen. But I'm going to take that first step. I'm going I'm to roll. God, will you roll with me? Will you power my roll? And just see what happens. Doesn't mean it's going to be super easy. That's not the that's not the metric. That's not the that's not the gauge. Was it easy? Was Jesus' life easy? Was Paul's life easy? Were the disciples the disciples have an easy time? No, but they were in the right place. They did the right things. Don't give up if it's not easy. In fact, push harder. Be bold. Be brave. Be courageous. Don't fear. Because that's the life that God's calling you to. He's calling you to a kingdom life. And he's calling you to be a kingdom bearer. To take his kingdom wherever you go. He has you right now in that place. Whether it's where you work or the church you're in, your family you're in. He has you there for such a time to be a kingdom bearer. To be a person who lives out the kingdom life. Allow him to change your heart. Allow him to live that out. And And just see how God will take your willingness, your boldness, and produce that fruit. May you be a tree that produces unlimited, bunless, boundless amounts of good fruit this week and in the rest of your life. 